Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. Today on the podcast, we're talking to a three-time World Interhash Down Down Drinking Champion. Five times. We're talking. Five times. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Five times. Down Down. Yeah, I probably have been there for most of them, and I lost. I finished third in one of them. Near the top of the list for number of hash trails ever done. This guy doesn't have exact records, but he's well over 3,000 trails. Today on the podcast, from Wellington, New Zealand, Deep Throat. Welcome, Deep Throat. Kia ora, Ra. Let's go all the way back. Tell us when and how and where you started hashing. Back in the early 80s, my first job out of university was for Lion Breweries. And it turns out there was an offshoot of the Wellington men's hash was called Capital Hash, which it, um, was mainly Lion Breweries people. They had a smallish hash there and they found out I was runner, a runner and invited me to join. It took me a little while to get into it because it was quite small. Once I kind of got the, the concept of the hash trail, etc., I was I was into it. You were a runner, but you're also a rugby player. Were there any other rugby players that hash? Oh, there's heaps in New Zealand. Most um, most people have done rugby. I mean, where I went to college, you had to have uh, a note from your parents to not play rugby during the wintertime. Yeah, <laughs> most people have got an involvement with rugby that have played rugby. In rugby. Do you remember the date of that first? No. no. <laughs> Roughly the year would be about 83, something like that. I moved to Australia, to Melbourne in 90, about 1984. Five after Lime Breweries moved to Auckland, I found the wider world of hashing there. You know, we didn't have all sorts of communication things like we do today and put an ad in the paper. Uh, visiting hashmen would like to contact a local hash. Uh, please phone Alan Deep Throat Syrup. And actually, I got a, um, a message on my brother's answer phone and came back and beat a rather effeminate voice saying, uh, just seen my ad and was very intrigued and could I get in touch with him? But then luckily there was a reply from a real hash person. Um, it was an instant social life getting in touch with a hash in, in Melbourne. We still got friends. I had about four five years there uh, and I've still got friends that I catch up with over there. That's great. Yeah. That is the first time I've heard somebody put an ad in the paper and said, call me if you're a asher. That's brilliant. Well, he actually, no, he said, hello, my name's Michael. I'm very intrigued by your ad. I'd like you to get in touch with me as soon as possible. And uh, I never had to ring Michael back. There was a hasher as well that rang it. The first week of yeah, hashing, I never got home till the next day twice. And was that with Melbourne hash? I kind of hashed with most of the hashes in Melbourne. The Melbourne men's hash uh, and the Melbourne Harriets are probably my two main hashes that I try and visit because I was a member of the Peninsula men's boat racing winning team at the last two Aussie Nash hashes. I've come an honorary member of that hash. Did a few runs with D&E. And then Lakeside, I was the only non-services person in that hash. And in Western Suburbs, I was rammed there for with them for a while. I've got friends in, uh, in all the hashes, and they like New Zealand. They're sort of an ageing group. A lot of people who were there in the 80s are still there now, albeit a lot slower. And where along this trail did you pick up your hash name? Well, when I joined Capital Hash, 
I'd actually won a lot of drinking events at university under the name of Luigi Chanda Miles, and I was the New Zealand University's glass champion, individual glass a couple of times, and uh, numerous boat races um, Victoria. Because the hash had the glass penis prick of the week, it was just sort of a natural progression, being able to scull a glass penis of beer very quickly that Deep Throat became my hash name. And from my experience, about one of the most common names in the hash world, I've met about a dozen Deep Throats over the years in different countries, about a third of them women. One of the first Deep Throat I ever met was a, a San Diego hasher. Still catch up with them occasionally. We used to get photos at interhashes of the, all the Deep Throats, find each other and have a photo. But he, he was a good guy. I think he organized a red dress from the, the Brussels interhash. Let's talk about the down-down competitions. You've been in a lot. I don't know if you've won all of the ones you've been in, but you've won five times. What yeah. was the first one? Tasmania was the first. I think I dabbled in it before that, but I'd kind of taken it as a bit of a, I didn't realise that that long distance was was something that I could be quite good at, like on smaller things back at university. Uh, So I think I'd wrote her, I'd sort of done some joke thing on stage, but it didn't go down too well with a friend pouring beer down the cheeks of my backside and drinking the remains from a jug, which I thought was funny and a couple of my friends, but the MC didn't think it was really funny. Coming out to Tasmania in 2000, I think they had heats one day and then the final the next day, the only time you had to do it twice. And I went in the uh, heats and I ended up the number one qualifier. I think because there'd been a couple of really fast guys in the past who I would have had no chance against Sweep and Hooray Henry. They had kind of retired on medical advice, given to understand. The heats and finished a second or two ahead of another Wellington hash Oggy and that kind of gave me the confidence and then I won just again the next day and then yeah I just kept on going in them after that I missed a couple of interhashes which uh, ironically G-string another Wellington hasher won those two that I didn't go to I didn't win all the time I had a nice little rivalry with uh, RTC for Lumbo hash he was pretty quick the Kiwis have kind of dominated. I think Sweep won 1998 in KL, and he yeah. may have won other ones before that. Yeah, we'll have to look at the nation of origin and just see how dominant the Kiwis have been in that. Mongo won one? Yeah, he won one a long well, time ago. It was one of the earlier took, ones. Yeah, Sweep won three yeah. times. And you take this serious. I mean, down-down <laughs> competition for world, for world Internash, for people that haven't seen it, two liter jug and you can't yeah, just walk yeah. on stage and do it so how do you no. prepare for a down down contest i have three or four practices you know when you compare it to proper sports um is not that onerous but it just gives me the confidence to keep going because that, that the hard part is the, is the last half a liter or so when you're just about you know your stomach's full right up so having had three or four practices which are which are quite fun because i'm instantly um slightly drunk a lot of the practicing any other sport is only takes a couple of minutes and you feel really good straight after. When you did this starting in Wellington, were there key people who influenced you in the way you hash? I remember very fondly a couple of Melbourne hashes, steam shoes, herpes, only because of their humour and the way they gave me a fair bit of stick being a Kiwi, but it was always, you know, that hash banter that made me feel very welcome to fire things back. Going to Melbourne, I experienced their circles there, which some of them, you know, could last almost an hour and you'd almost have sore stomach from laughing so much. People put a lot of effort into charges in the circle and um, and I kind of transported that back to my hash in Wellington. Say, hey, we've got to start doing circles. And the men's hash, when I eventually jumped ship, uh, the cattle got too small in the 90s, so I went and joined the men's hash and they just had the 
weekly awarding of Prick of the Week. They didn't have a circle or anything. I think I got made an RA a little while later, and I thought, well, there's no rules in hash. Um, I, was, I just started doing the fines, a few charges, and this guy Sproggy joined me the next year, and, we, and we're away. It's a big part of the hash thing, is the, the circle. I, it's, that's what I really enjoy. I know the red dress down, run down in Hamner Springs, where I asked around about who would be good RAs to, for the circle, and your name was mentioned by someone that was where I first met you. They said, oh, you've got to have Ra. That turned out very well. A little help you've given me. Along the way, you've organized lots of events. Several red dress hashes, right? Yeah, I think I've got a natural bent sort of way. I, I don't have to be the number one organizer or anything, but I quite like just doing my bit. I've done a few four Nash hashes where you see there's a bit of a gap. It'd be good to have something there on that particular day. So I ended up, first of all, was just a run and then, and then red dress runs. And that was quite rewarding too because you organize that because that's about the only thing where hashes are doing something for other people, raising money for a charity. So that's quite satisfying. You're having a great time. People have got time and you've actually done some good. You've roughly kept track of how many herring. What's your guess at the number of hash trails you've done? About three and a half thousand. A lot I had to sort of estimate because I love the, the humor of hash. You know, you don't take things too seriously. So I've done a thousand runs with two hashes here in Wellington. That's the Wellington men's and the Jerry's. But both of those, I used to write all sorts of numbers. I'd, you know, sometimes write two or I might write one more than the whole club had done. Sometimes I wouldn't sign. <laughs> I think at some stage I kind of I thought maybe I'll see what it's like on the other side. So I worked out where I roughly would have done 500, done 500. So I'll just start counting them there all. So I kind of kept a record from 500 on from both those two hashes. So that the other ones are the sort of estimates. And yeah, but like for the the Aussie hashes, oh, they used to give me a hard time about six and six. You know, it was a, a little bit differently in both countries. So all my hashes in Melbourne. I pretty much wrote deep straight six all the time. So that was <laughs> trying to work out that one. I probably did two a week. It, it was very hard. It was just an estimate. We've got a guy who's done the most in our men's hash, Biggles, former head of the New Zealand Air Force, and he's never signed his name book. So we kind of think he's done about 1,900 or 1,800. I do like that humorous side of things that it kind of, it sort of matters, but it doesn't matter, you know? So that's a lot of trails, a lot of yeah. places, a lot of terrain. Do you have any preferences for an ideal an hashing idea day? Perfect day of hashing. Well, I do think, yeah, the trail is, uh, that's our point of difference. That's what I, hopefully we can keep hashing going is the difference between just going for a run and further the other way orienteering is, is just that challenge of trying to find your way around the trail. I do prefer mm -hmm. the bush. We're lucky here in Wellington. We've got some lovely bush. And mountain bikers have helped us because they've created all these new trails, which uh, they've done. A nice bush run that's got plenty of checks. I, as a hare, I like to have lots of checks because I think that's very much part of it. We you checks. A good trail to me is where the, the pack finishes together all slow and fast and also get back together here and there. You know, the fast guys have gone off and then they've come back on a back check or whatever or a false trail and, and suddenly, you know, the walkers have kind of caught up to them. So that to me is a, a good trail. And then the circle afterwards, I love we have a bit of, I love all the songs and the humour, people bring funny good RAs, giving everyone a chance to get in there and do a find from the floor and songs. Unfortunately 
actually here in Wellington, the two of the hashes don't like any more than is to so-and-so. That's a bit of a bugbear of mine. My lady's hash, we've got lots of songs. Um, lots of songs, lots of humour, a good trail. The numbers of people, I suppose it doesn't matter too much. I enjoy the, the big hashes, I enjoy the small hashes. I suppose if you've got 40 or 50 people, that's probably better for giving everyone a chance to have a say if they want to. If you've got two or 300, it's a bit harder. And and also, they're just not time to have everyone. Some of the bigger hashes yeah. sometimes have gone on a bit. The circle, just, you know, the right balance in a big hash. I know you recognize how lucky things are. The pandemic has affected the world in different ways. And in, yeah. certainly yeah. in New Zealand, describe what hashing has been like since the rest of the world has been crushed by the pandemic. Oh, well, we've been there yeah, really lucky. We all, like the rest of the world, we learned all about Zoom, and but that was only for about two months. And so, and that it was sort of fond, fondly remembered, I think, because we all learned about Zoom. Uh, it was surprising how many people were of old, you know, decrepit old hashes were able to master the technology and get on Zoom meetings. And we were also quite lucky that it was autumn, and it was a really nice autumn. So we were still able to go out running and walking. But you just had to keep distance from people. You couldn't go and mix or anything. So we did kind of virtual runs. Yeah, so it was only about two months. And, and then we were back pretty much normal hashing. All our hashes are well under 100. So we didn't have a problem with that. So there were, there were a few, few postponements and things. And in fact, since it's become business as usual, we've found we're getting quite big numbers of the weekend away numbers. It has been good. And you've taken a technology role. You are self-described as not a tech whiz at all, but you've taken over an interesting website. The Kiwis have a national website. And Kiwi National GM Arrangement Works. Not everybody's familiar with that term. The injured GM is elected once every two years at the Nash Hash. It's sort of voluntary, but most hashes contribute $150 to that position, and it kind of partially funds their travel. And they go visiting hashes. I think they try and visit each hash once over the two years at least. And they also do newsletters, which are tales of their travels. It started a long time ago when everything else, so they were away. And the initial ones used to do these newsletters, which were posted out unbeknowns to the ministry they worked for. The New Zealand government was funding this postage and printing and things. And, and it was a way of keeping the hashes aware of what was happening around the country and what was coming up. Of course, nowadays, there's a lot more communication, Facebook, et cetera. And it's revitalised a bit over the last few years. So the current GM is um, the relatively new incoming GM is Bird Table, who's probably known to quite a few, you know, wife of the worm. They are a well-known couple who had a lot of hashing in the UK. I think she is English originally. And she was an interhash down-down champion on one of those. A small bird. She's a very fast boat racer too. So she's been quite a popular NZGM and she's been visiting quite a few hashes already. About how many different hashing clubs are there in all of New Zealand? It's around about 30, yeah, roughly. I've given you a little bit of technical help on the Kiwi Nash website, but what has it been like being a webmaster for the whole country's website? It's a lot of fun because, as you mentioned, I, I know very little, entirely accidental, the whole thing. I never set out to be a <laughs> webmaster. It was just one thing led to another. Your help's been invaluable, and I've got my, my wife, Farndaho. She knows an awful lot more than I do, so she's there as a backup as well. Uh, but it's just fun talking to my different contacts around the country, which I've been doing for quite a few years before the website came about. I was doing a few newsletters when we went to NZGM, wasn't doing them. It's just fun talking to different hashes and seeing what's happening, what's going on in the hash, because, you know, I love hashing, so it's interesting just seeing how the groups do, and occasionally we get to visit some of them, and I think I've been to most of the hashes around the country. Yeah, there's just some wonderful people out there in the hash. 
has the hash ever put you in the hospital? Have you had any lost on trail, desperate moments? Yeah, well, one not in hospital, but one hash run, I got a bit lost in the mist and I couldn't find the trail. It was summertime, but in the bush, it was pretty windy up and I just kept on going and going in what I thought was the right direction. And eventually about nine o'clock, I come out to a road and I find a farmhouse and yeah, it turns out that I was about 30 kilometres by road away from where I should have been. That was no problem. And of course, that one hash had picked me up on the way home and dropped me off. I got a bit of a stick through my leg one time, well not right through, but and had to go to hospital, but I didn't go till after the soup. <laughs> kind of famous for helicopter drops. I missed them because there was one we go up to the mount, my daughter and two grandchildren are Mount Monganui. That was after the Interhash and Rotorua, and they dropped the bear onto the top of Mount Monganui. I missed that because I was busy organising the post-run down in Wellington about a day or two later. Uh, actually, no, I do. There was one helicopter drop at Bland Bay. Were you at uh, Bland yeah. Bay? Hash yeah, up. four or six years ago. Yeah, they dropped some bear in there, didn't they? Yeah, it's always a moment when the big net comes down and people are reaching out to grab it. <laughs> Another great tradition of the Kiwi Nash Hash, there's so many, is the fat cats. Oh, right. <laughs> What's that yeah. about? And Australia has the same thing too, over 100 kgs. It's on the Thursday, the day before, in Nash Hash. There's a little group of things that organise it for donkey's years. And you have a, you know, normally cost you about 50 bucks. You get a t-shirt, a couple of ears, a couple of pies. Food is two pies. Um, you can normally have more pies because not everyone's into pies. So there's always a few spare floating around. It's normally some pub, you know, not far away from the main event the next day. And there's a weigh-in at the start. So they have two t-shirts, the... The ones who are, well, over 100 kgs, they get the Fat Cats t-shirt. Those who are weighed in under 100 kgs get the wannabe. It looks very similar, except there's a W and it forms a wannabe down the front. You look closely, you're a wannabe. Yeah, so that's a bit of fun. Have you earned a real Fat Cats t-shirt? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got I got them comfortably <laughs> until the last one when uh, <laughs> I'd actually lost 15 kgs over the previous year. Quite looking forward to getting my wannabe t-shirt. But I had my last practice for the Kiwi downtown just before I went into the way and I'd forgotten about the way. And so I just sculled two litres of beer out in the car park and we'd had a road trip for three days. So I was eating fairly healthy, but maybe not quite so healthy. And I hopped on the scales and I was 0.9 of a kg over, which uh, to my consternation, but I sort of moment of horror, and then I had fairly long shorts on. I took them off and my shoes off, and I hopped on again. I was 99.99, so I got my wannabe teacher. <laughs> so that's a hash that only runs every two years. Yes, and run is definitely a bit of a misnomer. We had the one before last, one of our local hashes, Tripod, was the only one who didn't realize that the run consisted of maybe a walk across the road or at the most about half a kilometer. And he was already in his lycra longs and ready to go. And we walked across the, the road and he was the most put out. That was his exercise for the day, was walking across the road to have a, um, a circle. Yeah, they pride themselves on not too much exercise at all. The, um, I went on the Aussie one. That was really good. It was kind of a pub crawl. We actually covered about two kilometres, but similar sort of vein anyway. Do you get back to Australia for any hashing there? Got a couple of nieces and nephew um, in Melbourne, plus all the hash friends in Melbourne. Yeah, the bubble's only just opened. The Aussie Nash hash has been postponed. It's in Adelaide and into November, so I'm probably I am quite keen. Unfortunately, my wife Foreign Ho is already signaled she won't be going because she deals with older people being an audiologist, and I would like to go to that one, especially being in the defending boat race team. Plus, there's so many nice good friends to catch up with. 
did being an RA affect how you behave in a circle? I don't think so. No, I actually feel much more comfortable being part of the circle or organizing the beers for the RAs. I always made sure as an RA that I had uh, at least another two people helping me so that I much prefer to listen to other people saying me rather than <laughs> I'm good for a charge or two and then I kind of run out of ideas, I think. But no, no, I don't think being an RA is uh, effective at all. Last question, Deep Throat. Is the RA always right? <laughs> just just depends on how the hash reacts to it, I suppose, whether they're right or not. You can be right but still have a beer rebound on you. So I want to thank Deep Throat for stopping by the podcast today. Stay tuned for more episodes every week. Until next time, on on, this is Ra. To close the circle... Here's the Hash Anthem, sung by Mother Hash. Swing low.